Deep in the night, your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Hello and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday It is Friday, December 1st, can you believe it? Honestly, no. I <laughs> this time of year is a whirlwind every every year because you're like it's coming up on it. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a bit of a beating. Tommy recently uh he pitched should we move our anniversary to June? And I'm kind of <laughs> thinking maybe we should because November to February is non-stop. Uh it's first it's our anniversary, then it's Thanksgiving. Then it's Ella's birthday. Then it's Christmas. Then it's my birthday. Then it's Simon's birthday. Then it's Tommy's birthday. All within two and a half, three months. Yes. And so, it's actually, and then Valentine's Day and then Tommy's birthday. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Valentine's Day because I don't celebrate. So, yeah, no, true. But between your anniversary and. I'm kidding. Tommy's, I mean, I do celebrate. I, mean, you know I just know what never, I mean, but like. Big holiday for no, me. No, it's not like a big holiday, but it's like, oh, we got to bring you know candy yeah. to school, or like maybe we'll go do something, or maybe this thing's going. But it's just from like your the mid November to mid February, like every two weeks, you all are like, we will be celebrating again. Wrap the gifts <sighs> again, and I'm like, y'all are about to go on a wild. Paris's birthday's in July. Mine is in October. We have a nice, nice, nice stretch. Our, and then you got married March. in March, so yes. that's perfect. That's how you should do it. We spaced it out. Thanks, mom and dad, and Paris's mom and dad. Yeah, I mean, I tried. <laughs> I did try. But That's true. That's you guys. Mother Nature had different plans. It is a lot, though, and my wallet is just on fire. It just yeah. catches on fire. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a lot. So uh, I don't even remember why we started. Oh, we December. We came yeah, so December. Like, it, it all happened so fast that um, it's. I try to – be like, oh, I need to enjoy the holidays, but it is a whirlwind, and I, I still f- six years in have not figured out how to <laughs> get above it. So, any tips would be appreciated. Yeah, it's just drinking from a fire hose for you guys, mm-hmm. just like calendar wise too, because we're always like trying to calendar things, and it's like it by the time November, December, January comes around, it's like we have something that weekend, that night we have something that's also co- you know the birthday party here we have to do that. So, bless you, bless your souls, all of y'all, for- yeah, <laughs> and all the rest of us because this year is gone. Like, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. It sounds, it sounds silly. Everybody says it. My dad used to say when I was little and he was about this age, like about 37, he was like, I, I don't know what I was bitching about, you know, time passing, not fast enough. Maybe I didn't, you know, I wanted summer to be here or something. And he's like, right now there's 24 hours in a day and seven days a week and 30 days ish in a month. But when you're my age, there's like four hours in a day and like two days a week and about three months a year. He's like time. He's like, it just is going to go so much faster mm-hmm. now. And I was like, shut up old man. And now <laughs> he was right. father, you're, you're like, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Back then when you had much fewer worries and responsibilities, yeah. time could last seem to last a lot longer, but yeah, when, now, like every second of your day is uh, planned out with some kind of responsibility, it tends to fly by or drag on, depending on. <laughs> it's all good thing. It's all made up, so all we perception. don't have to worry about it, right? Right. Well, we are bringing you some 
first of the December Freaky Fridays. None of these yet are holiday related, but I've been saving some because over the year we've gotten some that are more um, Christmas themed or holiday themed. So I'm saving those up. So as we get closer, we'll get some freaky holiday stuff. You're the the connoisseur of our stories. So, but like a good, you're like we have to save the eggnog for the end of the year. <laughs> God, like, eggnog, the thick eggnog I'm sorry. Of stories. <laughs> Ever since David Tell said it, all it is is elf cum. I cannot drink it, and I cannot look the same. I can't. When I was younger, I was like, eggnog is so gross. Now I'm gonna, I'll slog on that nog. You like, like the nog? The I'm on the nog. Ooh. I'm back. I'm on nog. My mama's nog. I only want my mama's nog. <laughs> Nancy makes a mean I'm nog on the stovetop. Nancy makes that nog on that stovetop. She add a little rum in there if you want to. Little some if you don't. You Nancy's nog, man. She, I'll get the recipe. Oh, Nancy's nog. Nancy's I think nog, you man. Bottle this and sell it. We're gonna put it in cans like White Claw. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, it ain't a slog when you're drinking the nog, and then <laughs> and then that's the. Okay, I will try your mom's nog this holiday Hell season yeah. and see if it changes. My thoughts on nog. My nog thoughts sure. might if change. You, so if you've I'm been looking drinking, forward to it. Yeah, prepackaged bottled nog is not the way to go. You got to have cooked on the stovetop nog. What is even there's, in it? It's there's egg and there's nog. That's what I know. <laughs> what is the nog? Though? I don't That's know. I what think scares you, me. Honestly, I think it's good cream and milk, and it's like boiled together. It's just like a hot. So it's creamy. just dairy with some rum in it, basically, and, egg, and, and maybe cinnamon. <laughs> Yeah, God there's damn. definitely cinnamon. <laughs> cinnamon sticks, I think. I'll get Nancy's Nog recipe and share okay, it with Okay, Nancy's Nog, I can't wait. Although Mama's Nog also has no, a nice Mama, ring to it. Oh, Mama's Nog is better, I think. Mama's Nog, is it? But Nancy's I Nog, I always like an alliteration. We'll let her choose because it's hers. She That's gets true. to decide what it's called. <laughs> We're just Mama Nancy's it. Nog? There it is. We solved it. Mama Nancy's put it, put it, world Sorry, famous. Nancy. I decided I am going to name it after all, <laughs> but I hope you're okay with it. <laughs> She's going to be thrilled. Uh, just like all of you all are going to be thrilled with this, not just the lineup of stories we have today, which you curated so beautifully, but with our guest today. Oh my gosh. I can't even, a dream has come true. Not just it, having yeah. Riley on the show, but the story that we are blessed with. <laughs> I think about this once a day since oh, yeah. we've... Since we've heard this story, I think about it once a day and mm -hmm. my reaction to hearing it. And I laugh at yes. my own reaction to hearing <laughs> it. <laughs> I think about it because I purchased a book by the person that she references in the story oh. and have been flipping through it. I feverishly checked. I Anyway, you'll hear it, but uh, we can follow up after. We don't want to spoil it for you. It's, but it's, it's a dream so come good. true. Yes. Also, Riley true. is uh, one of my favorite people. So Just amazing and brilliant. Always a pleasure to speak to. Well, first, we got some other ones. Yes, so, please. I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one is from Katie Yale, and it is called The Time I Found Out I Was Possessed. And a content warning, brief mentions of attempted suicide in this story. Hi, ladies. I'm in this weird agnostic space where I believe things have happened to me, but I'm also a skeptic. I know this story happened, and I know you ladies won't think I'm totally bonkers and will hopefully enjoy this story. So I wanted to share it. 2019 was the worst year of my life. Yes, even now knowing what I know about 2020 onwards. I was fired suddenly while raising a foster kid. My soulmate cat died, cat tax attached, as did one of my best friends growing up. I was struggling and I thought I deserved a massage. I was living in a place in the USA that is big on Reiki. I had no idea what it was, 
but heard someone I very much respect was doing Reiki massages and decided to treat myself. As I laid completely clothed face down and realizing that this was not the type of massage I expected, resigning myself to an awkward 45 minutes of daydreaming, I suddenly felt a tug in the middle of my back that stopped with a loud pop. Instantly, I was in the deepest meditative trance I've ever been in, and I went to San Francisco State, where meditation was a three-course elective that I obviously took so I could catch a nap for an hour a week every semester. In that trance, I was sitting in a large, empty room, like you see in death scenes in movies where someone is talking to another character who had died. In the room was a woman my age who sat on a seat across from me. We talked, and I wish I could remember the conversation, but she was in distress, and I was trying to pacify her. When I came out of the session, my friend took a moment to journal and then asked me to sit and describe the experience for her. I immediately asked if something had happened around my middle back. She looked terrified and then said she had debated telling me because she didn't want me to think she was crazy. She went on to tell me that there was an energy blockage there, but when she pulled, a face emerged screaming. She then said she's heard of possessions before, but had never known anyone who had dealt with one, and she didn't know what to do. I asked if it was malicious, and she said no, but that it was a very determined spirit, before asking if I knew what that was about. I did. See, when I was a small child, I had depression and anxiety, and didn't make friends well. I also grew up with a cemetery behind my house, just over a chain-link fence, in a very busy, large city. Starting when I was about five until I was around eight, I would go to the cemetery alone since I was a loner and there wasn't anywhere else I could go and play safely. In the cemetery was a gravestone of a girl who had been born the day before I was born and died the day after. Her gravestone was all alone as her parents and any other immediate family is likely still alive today. I would sit with her stone and tell her about life, how hard things were, and how sad I was, because if she were alive, I knew we'd be best friends. At some point when I was around six or seven, I promised her that I would live life for the both of us, and I was certain it was going to be a wonderful life someday. When I finished telling my friend, she said very knowingly that it made a lot of sense that the girl had attached herself to me in order to protect me. She promised the spirit wasn't malicious, but rather deeply protective and scared for me. And she didn't want to go. There's a lot more to this story regarding how I eventually convinced her to pass on, which resulted in a very dramatic night where I'm certain my friend and cat came back to help her move on. But the main point is that throughout my life, I knew someone was with me, especially when I was a suicidal teen. Something always caused my suicidal attempts to be thwarted. I'm so grateful for that and that the spirit kept me safe when I wasn't safe for myself. And I've kept my promise to her that I would live an amazing life for both of us. She and I have traveled the world, lived in amazing places, and have had the best experiences. To anyone else feeling that type of deep pain, just know that life gets better. I just turned 38, and I eagerly tell people when I get older, because every year I get further from being a teenager, which means life gets better, even in incredibly tough years. Thank you for all you do and for sharing this if you are able to.
Katie. And then Katie has an adorable picture, a perfect picture of a very sweet kitty cat. Oh, sweet kitty soulmate. Well, Well, Katie, what a beautiful story. Oh, you sweet, blessed little young thing. Just looking for a playmate and being so sad. (laughs) So emotional. I know. (laughs) It's two little isolated souls that found each other and then found a way to help each other. You know, the the if the girl that passed on maybe didn't, you know, didn't get to experience life, but if she was attached to Katie, she kind of did. And then Katie in return was going through it and kind of even if she didn't know she had somebody there, had someone there with her. It made me think a little bit of wasn't it um Jerry and Sierra from Ladies and Changes were talking about having a spirit that was like a childhood friend. Yes. And yes. that was kind of like feeling the the medium that Jerry met at school was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like your friend from childhood and she's been following you and she's, she just cares about you. And I love mm-hmm. that to think that friendship and care like that can last. But that's a beautiful gift you give her is to release her from you and say, you know, you can go ahead and pass on now. Thank you. You've, you've done your job here. You can go and rest. But, well, and uh, then also she yeah. was looking out for Katie and yeah. some of her darkest moments. So yeah, having that I friend. love that. And your little kitty cat is a very sweet. I love cats with big old round eyes like that. Oh yeah, that's a that looks like they got a filter on. <laughs> it looks like the cat I had in college named Fred got gray Aww. with like big eyes like that. But uh-huh. and also, I'm very jealous, Katie, that you got to take meditation in uh, college. That sounds oh amazing. god. I'd be um, like, can I? major in this yes may i have my phd i would love to uh i just i'm in the middle of reading altered traits which is about how meditation changes the neuroscience in your brain and the fact that you got it changes it really for the good so even Mm. if you thought you were taking naps you uh you definitely benefited from that class i'm jealous you were getting some learning in secret learning well thank you katie so much for sharing that with us this next one is from Alyssa. And it is called, My Friends and I Stopped a Car Chase. This story takes place on September 28th, 2019. The reason I remember the date so well is because I, two of my friends, and one of their boyfriends were on our way to our other friend's wedding when we became a part of a car chase. We were at a red light not even three blocks from the wedding venue when we heard sirens, a lot of them. I was sitting in the back seat and turned to see a gaggle of cop cars a few yards behind us, lights on. My first thought was that there was an accident at the intersection behind us. It wasn't until I saw a police officer throwing out stop sticks that I realized the cars were all moving towards us, and we were stuck at this red light. I don't remember yelling, but I definitely said loudly and firmly, guys, they're coming right for us. We got to go. My friend's boyfriend was driving at the time, and he started to honk the horn wildly because there was a car in front of us. There were three cars to the left of us and a curb on our right. For whatever reason, the car in front of us wouldn't get out of the way, even though turning right on a red was allowed at this intersection. We heard screeching tires. Then the car they were chasing collided with the left passenger side of our car. We shook violently but it caused the other car to hit the median and flip over. Police surrounded his car right next to us with their guns drawn. It was the scariest thing ever. The four of us ducked as far down from the windows as we possibly could. For a split second, I thought about rolling out my door because I was so nervous, but I didn't want to mess up my dress. 
Later, I also realized it was probably not a good call to make sudden movements with so many guns around. They pulled out the guy without incident and took him back to jail. Yes, back to jail. He had been released not even 24 hours before. He stole this car from a nearby neighborhood and took the cops on a chase. We ended up missing the whole wedding ceremony. It started to rain and we had no coats or umbrellas, so we couldn't even walk the three blocks. We also were waiting to see if the cops needed a statement, but they just asked if we needed an ambulance. We waved that off because we were all uninjured, if not extremely shook up. We were also in my friend's mom's new car that she got three weeks prior to this. We sat and waited for her mom to come be with the car while we Ubered to the reception, which unfortunately was a dry reception. We all really needed a drink after the whole ordeal. Needless to say, when our friend asked why we missed the ceremony, I don't think she expected us to say we were in a police chase. I've attached pictures of the car and here is a link to the news story. It is wild. This car is completely upside down. There, you are right. There's a ton of cops with guns. I wouldn't have got out of the car. God, no I, what? Is, I mean, though, I get it. You're like, I got to get out of here. I got to yeah. bail. But then you are like, fuck. I'm so dressed up. I, it's raining. I don't want to get dressed. And then you're then you're like, but really, it's probably not a good idea yeah. to fling open a door, and roll mm. out when you know tensions are high. But yeah, man, this car. Yeah, got you flipped see. the fuck over y'all's car man the streets it's, look all wet yeah, yeah it does not look like it was a good day the article that that was attached says that they were going up to 90 miles an hour and these do not look like highways this is like no you know there's gas stations there's stuff you can turn into so this was not a, a highway where it's like well they're only going 10 over the speed limit it's like no 50 over the speed limit yeah it looks like yeah, just where you'd be like 40, 45 maybe. Yeah, and, and that's how you But launch. you're also stopped. So you're getting yes. slammed into at 90 miles an hour. I'm so glad none of you yes. were injured. Sorry Thoughts about the car. prayers for that car, man. The Three weeks one. ago. Fuck, <laughs> oh, dude. Such a feeling. I hope insurance paid for it all yes. and she got a brand new one. But yeah, that's I've, I've been – driving on the highway when cops have like come flying by, like clearly they're on their way somewhere and everybody hopefully gets out of the way. I don't think I've ever been around when a chase is actually happening, but I heard, I think on Reddit that if it is happening, you should just continue to kind of drive how you're driving because the cops are like, weaving in and out so if you start yeah. trying to weave in and out or get over it's just gonna like cause more chaos i don't know if this is true and yeah. you know use your best judgment yeah, it's always like if you can't pull, pull over but don't be swerving all over the place i used to have an office building when i worked at the hedge fund we like looked over at the dallas north tollway so two different times we saw what it was apparently a police chase but of course it's by in like two seconds so it's just mm -hmm. like people flying by uh, also, one time, I, uh, what was it? It was like one of those uh, banker trucks full of money tumped over and there was cash <gasps> flying everywhere. Shut so, up! Yeah, were yeah, people right getting on, cash? No, because the um, immediately there were like the guards from the truck got out and had their guns. And then I think it was Addison PD. We were right on the edge of Addison and Dallas. So Addison and Dallas PD came and like there were just guys with a like, huge, not machine guns, whatever, AR-15s, like standing Damn. there while the workers were like gathering money. I was like, that's not fair. I think if it goes... <laughs> You got to tell tell the insurance, like, it's too late. We got a monopoly situation. The money's just flying. You know um, some bills got loose. Somebody yeah, got sure. 
a cool, crisp $100 bill that day. And just like that, I say, finders keepers rules. Right. I hope it flew away on the wind like a leaf. (laughs) Uh, What a heart, what a uh, stomach drop moment, though. If you're the one driving that, your one job is to get that safe. Like, you just jump anymore. over. You're like, holy shit. No. Everything's everywhere. <laughs> the worst thing is cash because it flies all over the place. Yeah. And everyone wants it. So then oh, you've yeah. got like a mob just diving into the highway to get it. Damn. <laughs> it's a real life cash grab. Well, I would rather that jump over than a speeding 90 mile an hour car. But I mm-hmm. am very glad, Alyssa, that you and your friends, like Christy said, that everybody's okay. RIP to the car. And oh, yeah, I'm glad it wasn't much, much worse because 90 miles an hour in a place like that where people are sitting still at a red light is so so dangerous oh yeah do you think the bride was like where are those motherfuckers (laughs) just so angry and then once you get there and explain it and you're like clearly shaken i imagine that becomes the talk of the wedding right right? i was i mean either it's either where are they they're ruining my day or like oh my god where are they are they okay have they been taken and it's like don't worry we were in a police chase (laughs) you're like is this the hangover like what do you mean (laughs) it's like the it's the plot of like a wacky rom for sure good for y'all for still going i think i may have been like you know what i'm gonna call it a day I'm, yeah. I'm good. I'm going to go home and uh, crack open a cold one. Yeah, because I can't you hear. you don't have any at this reception. <laughs> this is why you always keep a can of Mama Nancy's nog in your bag. Because oh, you never know yeah. when it's time to slog the nog. Uh, you don't. You never know when it's time to nog. Slog the nog for sure. Oh, man. Well, Alyssa, I'm glad y'all are okay. Sinisterhood will be right back. All right. This next one is from Haley. And the subject line is Colts really suck. Hello, ladies. Love the pod so much, and your series on Jehovah's Witnesses inspired me to write down this story involving another major cult. I'd been working at my retail job for not too long and was just starting to get to know my coworkers. I was always friendly with one woman, let's call her Patricia, who worked lot security every night. One night, as I was leaving the building after my closing shift, Patricia called me over to her in the parking lot. She had some papers in her hands and asked if she could give me something spiritual. Being non-religious but open-minded, I figured it wouldn't hurt to just take the paper and throw it away if it wasn't my vibe. I didn't look at the thing until I got home, but upon just glancing at it, I could tell it was nonsense. The varying font sizes and random keywords highlighted in red was the first clue. I tried reading a block of text before deciding I'd need to hire a translator to actually understand the gibberish before me. I could tell that it was some kind of newsletter, but it didn't immediately identify which religion or church it was for. A passage was on the front page under a photo of people wearing face masks sitting on a public road, raising their hands in the air with palms painted green. The text hilariously began with a mail.google.com link, even though this was a printed newsletter. What I read next confused me and then eventually disgusted me. It read, What worshipers are these? Do you see any witches anywhere? Are they in the Green New Deal? Do you see anyone wearing sweat, saliva, and bacteria-tinged slave masks? Slavery takes on many forms. What does it look like at the end of the world? It continued with more incoherent nonsense about masks, slaves, the Vatican plan, World Environment Day, and more. I was disturbed on several levels, and I immediately knew why Patricia gave me this thing. This was the summer of 2022. And while masks were not required at my workplace, I still continued to wear one. 
I take immunosuppressants, so it's important that I try not to get sick. But it's also no one's damn business why I choose to wear a mask at work. Patricia clearly targeted me with this newsletter because I wear what she considers a, quote, slave mask. She later admitted as such. I also couldn't believe that she, a black woman, would subscribe to something so flippant about the concept of slavery. I skimmed on in this thing with six pages of irrational hatred towards Catholics, Democrats, and, of course, LGBTQ plus people. As a bisexual woman, this was particularly horrifying. I couldn't read the whole thing, mostly because it truly was incoherent babbling, and I didn't want to dedicate any more of my mental capacity to analyzing it. I did eventually figure out which religion it was for, Seventh-day Adventists. I previously didn't know anything about them other than several hospitals in the area are SDA. My Catholic BFF then informed me that their hatred of Catholics originates mostly in the fact that SDAs believe that the Sabbath should be Saturday instead of Sunday. The newsletter detailed the supposed Vatican plan to rule the world and Roman Catholic agents taking control of the nation. Joe Biden? The next day, I took it directly to a manager. I have no control over my emotions in these situations, so through sobs, I described the deep upset this thing had caused me, mostly that I felt targeted for wearing a mask and being bi. The manager took a copy of the thing and promised to speak with Patricia with another manager present. A few days later, Patricia was made to apologize to me, but she basically told me in her apology that if someone gives me something I don't like, I should just throw it away. The managers asked if I was satisfied with the handling of the situation. I probably could have pushed it further, but I just wanted it to be over. What sucks is that this happened over a year ago, but I still think about it nearly every day. I never would have thought that being handed a piece of paper would ever disturb me so deeply, but here we are. Well, that's my experience with one cult. Next time, I'll write about the time I accidentally worked for another. And then we got copies of this newsletter <laughs> oh man it's an art project <laughs> yeah um definitely Haley described it very well so many different fonts oh so many colors oh so many i know sizes. you're going <laughs> you like things consistent font consistent typeset like most of us do and this <laughs> is for not any of that not it's just a lot no. of copying and pasting there is like the google there's i see the google url like it's nah. it's also so much text, just blocks of text that whenever I see that, my brain immediately shuts down. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to read this. Like, you got to mm -hmm. put some breaks in these paragraphs if you want me to understand this. So I get it that, like, I've been handed things like this. And you are like, what is this? But you quickly realize, like, I don't even un understand this. As mm -hmm. Haley put it, incoherent babbling. It's like, yeah. I, I don't even get what you're trying to say because this is so unhinged. I don't love the flippant use of slave and yeah. slavery. And also, like Haley said, it's nobody's fucking business. If you're wearing a mask, You there's many reasons you might need to. So yeah. that plus also being targeted for your sexuality, don't like any of this. I think she should have honestly been fired. I do too. I mean, I think that that goes, especially the non-apology. Uh, mm -hmm. It seems like inappropriate behavior to, to try to recruit people in the workplace. And especially if you are targeting somebody with what is 
in this case, truly an outward expression of a disability that they have. If, if she's on mm-hmm. immunosuppressants, like that's not something you're like, I'm targeting you because of this. It's like, well, you're targeting me because of an external description of a protected thing. Uh, so I'm sorry that you had to go through that and be handed that. Cause we got something like this outside the Justin Bieber concert yep. with like weird cartoons on it. And it's just like, this is not the most <laughs> effective delivery of your message. Not that this no. message deserves to be delivered effectively. No. Cause even in the finest typeset, it's chaotic and makes no sense, but it's, it really does. The, the beginning of this says, Oh my God, just in, just in this sentence, there's one, two, Three different colors of text. Yes. And multiple font sizes. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise. You know what this is like in Willy Wonka when they keep going, getting smaller and smaller at the end of the room? Because this font starts off huge. And by the end, it's like the t- or not not yes. the room, when they're signing the, the thing at the beginning, yes. it starts off <laughs> by the end. It's like so tiny. That's what this is. Like, I, I need a magnifying glass to even read half of this. Yeah, it's all over the place. Well, Seventh-day Adventists were in the, the book from like the 70s or the 80s that I got that was written by that theologian, the four major cults. They were one of them. And then we also learned a little bit about them in the Urantia because it was kind mm-hmm. of all split off from Urantia and stuff. So it's a, I believe my great grandmother was a seventh day Adventist. I got to ask my mom about that, but she mentioned that there during the Urantia thing, it was like a grandma or an aunt or something. She was like, Oh yeah, you know, they were seventh day Adventists. I was like, you got to tell me stuff like that. It's <laughs> in our like family tree. I deserve to know <laughs> if, if my kin folks out there handing out flyers like this, I need to know and be like cease and desist. Yeah. If you're ever handed something that looks like this, just immediately know it's going to be nonsense because mm-hmm. anyone mm-hmm. that is serious about a message or isn't unhinged is incoherent. They're going to use, you know, grammarly. They're going to use maybe a Canva <laughs> template, just something where it's a little more appealing to the eye. This, I, I, I've never understood. It's, I mean, honestly, it's, it makes sense that it would look like this because yeah. I imagine that's what looks like inside their brain too. <laughs> Honestly, all these different just, font colors. And yeah, just like kind of nonsense. But what I thought was really interesting about this is that you we wouldn't think that being handed a piece of paper like this would disturb us so deeply. But like Haley said, a year mm-hmm. later. So it's not so innocent as just like, well, if you don't like something, just throw it away. No. You never know who you're – and it sounded like this woman, Patricia, did know who she was handing it to. So, of course, that's going to be upsetting. You're targeting me. I'm bi. I'm also, like, clearly wear a mask. You're insulting me and criticizing me on multiple things. How would I not be upset about this? And then a year later, I'm so sorry, Haley, that this still affects you. I hope that maybe getting this out there has a bit of a healing effect for you. For sure. That is, I mean, you're right. Being handed, that's not an innocent thing. It's just a piece of paper. It is a tacit condemnation of mm-hmm. Haley in general, whether it's her sexuality or her, all that. So that is not an, uh, an unusual feeling. I would say, Haley, that makes sense that you're, you think, oh, it's a new colleague. Maybe we're friendly. Maybe we'll be cool. She seems like a cool gal. Oh no, she has a lot of problems with things that are just fundamental to my person. So yeah. in that case, you just, uh, like the dude says, that's just like your opinion, man. You're not right. <laughs> Trisha ain't right. You're nope. only, you know, Haley, and you know that uh, we can all see <laughs> that this ain't got nothing. This is crazy. Yeah. Talk. Sorry to what, say it. What a meeting 
to have with your manager, two managers, Haley and Patricia. And this, I imagine the handout was present. Wow. I would love to hear. uh, Yeah. I want to hear the manager (laughs) write in about this too. You're like, oh my God, what am I doing today? You got to stop using the color printer. (laughs) That's not for you, Patricia. You're not allowed to use the printer. If you want to print this out, you're going to have to do it on your own dime. Thank you. Do it at home. Well, thank you very much, Haley. Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, this next one is from Marissa, and the subject line is Unexplained Auditory Experiences. Hello, you both have been the highlight of my week since late 2020. Your laughs and how you tell stories make me feel like we're best friends hanging on the porch together. I haven't had a chance to see you live, but I hope that changes in 2024. I have many thoughts and stories for Freaky Friday, but I've not been able to put into words my experiences. However, when Emma shared her story on episode 87 and asked if anyone else had experienced unexplained auditory events, I had to let her know she's not alone. It happens to me anywhere I go as well. I hear my name so clearly, and yet no one has said it. Usually, it's an unknown voice, not someone I'm familiar with. Many times, I've been sitting at my desk, working away on my computer, and clearly hear my name being called, as if someone has a question for me. I look up expectantly, and no one is there. There have been many times where I stand up and look around, it's an open office environment, to see if someone has said my name, and no one has. Similar to Emma's experience that she shared, I've been alone in the house with a podcast or some music on, and I hear my name or a voice saying something to me. Also similar to Emma, I will look around the house to ensure I'm alone, and have even said, hello, loudly, just to make sure. I'm not sure what I would do if someone responds to me, but if that does happen, I'll be sure to give you all the update. Too many times to count. I walk through the house and turn all the lights on, just in case. I can't explain where the voices come from most of the time. A few times, I can say I probably just had too much on my plate and my brain was just telling me to pause. The majority of my experiences, however, are too vivid and clear to be my brain playing tricks on me. Until I heard Emma's experience, I thought I was a lone weirdo in the Sinisterhood coven hearing things on a regular basis. Perhaps it's another worldly being making sure we stay on our toes, or maybe we're more connected to others or the other side than we think. Either way, it's nice to be in this coven with you, experiencing the weird auditory shit that is unexplained. To Heather and Christy, I listened to the same episode alone at home, and there was no hello for me. You are not gaslighting Emma, as far as I can tell. I have many more experiences than just the auditory ones that I plan to send in one day. I appreciate you taking the time to let us listeners share our story so we know we're all in this together, even if we're apart. Thank you for all you do, and keep it creepy. I love that thought that you are all together even if you are apart, because we're together in space time. You gotta go see Wish. Oh, We're We're all just stars. We're all just made of the same stuff. That's true, but that's uh, all right. Well, that is one vote for a no hello. This was a no hello. However, we had to include a tiny one here because we now we have a debate. And Heather, (laughs) you and Tommy have since gone back and re-listened to this episode. So you can also weigh in on what you heard. Yeah, we're weighing in. So we have uh, Emma heard a hello, and now we have Marissa didn't hear a hello. This next one is from Gabby, and the subject line is, I heard the hello too, all caps. 
<laughs> and Gabby writes, hey guys, I was just listening to the latest Freaky Friday and there was a person saying they heard a hello during one of your episodes. I had to write because I heard it too. I was driving on a highway and heard the hello and remember thinking maybe one of the kids entered the room and they didn't edit it out. <laughs> if it was paranormal, it wasn't in the listener's house, but in your studio. Good luck with your third wheel. Love from Brazil. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Gabby. Good God. luck with your third wheel. Man. Okay. So when I saw these, I I was frantically putting all this together. So I was like, I need you both to go back to this episode and listen and see what you heard. What did you hear? So I went back. So Emma described whenever I talked about my dad having security clearance. So Tommy and I both separately, and you know, he's at y'all's house. I'm here. I had AirPods in. I rewound it to the beginning of the story. So I listened to me saying the story. Then the part where we were talking about top secret planes and stuff. The only thing I could think is that as I was describing, but it's not at the exact time that Emma described, which was me saying, oh, my dad had top secret security clearance. That's kind of the reference point that Emma gave us. Around that for me was silence. A few seconds later, I was talking about how there might be uh, invisible aircraft just by use of um, cameras and uh, screens and stuff. And you kind of make like a uh, noise. <laughs> but within like two seconds, you were like, oh, uh, and I was like, yeah, I know. And you said, oh, that's so freaky. And we, you know, we kind of, so it wasn't like an, I feel like the listeners would know the sound mm -hmm. of your concerned, completely on point concern, because what the fuck, <laughs> we have invisible airplanes. But like, so to me, that wasn't it. I, I didn't hear any pops or glitches. Tommy didn't hear anything. Neither no. of us heard anything. So, but Gabby heard it. Gabby and Emma both heard it. <laughs> so, and Marissa so. did. Oh man, this is going to become like the, uh, the, the sinisterhood mystery of 2023. <laughs> I, maybe my only theory is that when Corinne and Sabrina from two girls, one ghost were on here. And when Sabrina was talking, a weird thing happened. Yeah. And you see Corinne react. They say they're the most haunted podcast in America. They, I don't, maybe oh, they, cursed us or something. they, they rubbed uh, they, off on us. <laughs> they rubbed off on us. They, they, they warn everybody. If you listen or if we hang out, you never know if something's going to follow you. So they are highly haunted. So maybe it is residual two girls, one ghost, or it's, uh, it's, it's like, uh, only certain people can hear it. Like the, that's what tones. I was thinking. Yeah. I, that Tommy, of course, is the one who's, I don't want to say logical because that implies we're illogical, but he just thinks <laughs> things different, but he's like, maybe somebody took a breath and it sounded like something else or depending on if you're listening to it on a car speaker versus AirPods or something. But if anyone else heard this, hello, Please send us a timestamp because we are not yeah. hearing it. And now we have two people saying they have heard it. One saying no, but that person also hears auditory things a lot. So I'm invested. I got to yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> I, if I, I need to know if there's something in this studio with me that I need. To, and I'm okay if it's here and it's just hanging out. Yeah. But maybe if it is here, I'm going to be like, hey, why don't you? contribute more yeah, you know what this help. show's about <laughs> come on let's give us a little something some. well if it, for folks that need a reference it is in episode 86 freaky friday 86 during the fourth story that reed sent in ufo encounter or government secret you decide i think it's like around 30 38 minutes in ish uh so if you all want to listen uh, that's where it's supposed to be so if you find it send us a timestamp and also what app you're listening on because that'll help us drill it down well, uh, let us know. And Reed, 
if you hear it in your own story, let right? us know. What's, <laughs> yes, please. What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we we can't. I can't parse it out. I say my ears aren't great, but I turned it. I was in a silent room with noise canceling AirPods, like in sucked into my ear with it on a very high volume. So I don't think you know. I I wasn't listening to it like you know in, in my car while I was driving. So you had a like rock concert. Yeah, yeah that's what I listen to podcasts <laughs> the most. It's like I'm front row and I'm like I gotta catch up on these stories. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, people don't appreciate it. You know, when no. they look out and they see that you've got earbuds in, they're like, hey, like, I'm singing up here. What are you listening to? Why would you just laugh? Why are you crying now? I'm like, oh, listen to Freaky Friday. You never know if you're going <laughs> to laugh or cry. It's like, true. It's true. Maybe both at the same time. Might have to get uh, a shirt that says that. I feel like that could sum up the show in general. It's just our whole show. Every day of my life. I never like, know. It a, it's a comedy podcast. Sometimes. Yeah, we're very sometimes. funny sometimes. Other times, we're going to piss you off or make you really sad. You're going to want to yeah. go march in the streets for what we tell you. Yeah. A lot of times, we just break into sobs. Yeah, so, that happens you know, too. That happens too. Just Fine. It's, it's, it's a high emotional grab bag. Citizen, <laughs> the high emotional grab bag. It's great for marketing. I'm, I'm sure our representation loves it. What do oh, they do? Yeah. Uh, oh, a number God. of things. <laughs> it's, it's all over the place. It's Is it consistent? Map. It's consistently inconsistent. I'll Bang. give you that. <laughs> Trademark. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, if you all have heard the hello, let us know. And uh we appreciate Gabby and also Marissa for sending that in and letting us know. Hello. It's maybe it's Lionel Richie. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, or Adele. Also yeah. the idea of saying hello when you hear your name and then you do realize what if Hi, someone, Christy. yeah, God, I reference it all the time because it's so funny to me, but it's that whole Pete Holmes bit of like, you reach behind to see, like, is there a person in my back seat when you're driving? You're like, what if there was? What am I going to do now? Like, fuck you. You're going to wreck. Like, that's no. I'm going to freak out and wreck. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you for just sure. don't reach back. Let them just get where you're going. Just be cool. Sometimes maybe you just don't need to know things. Oh, well, Ignorance thank you. can be bliss. Well, thank you, everyone that sent them in. And a big special thank you to our guest this week, Riley Rose Critchlow. One of my favorite people. She's been in my part of my family for over a decade now. So I've got to know them quite well. And one of the funniest people, oh, smartest man. people, but also you were you were one to just pull out ridiculous stories in, in the mm -hmm. best way possible. Yes. Riley, you can also just be at dinner and they'll be like, yeah, that was kind of like that time when I lived in Australia and, uh, you know, and, it, and like, the kangaroos. What? Yeah. And you're just like, what is happening? What yeah, are you talking about right now? Uh, we had, we had no setup for, for what Riley was going to talk about, except for that we were on Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons. We're announced. So please, uh, listen to, you got to get caught up in season two so that mm -hmm. season one and season two, so that when Christy appears and then the next episode, we both are on together. You uh, will have full context because we laughed so hard. I, I am on my the edge of my seat. I cannot wait to hear our episode. But so like excited. you said, it's like we, we know Riley's going to be a great time. The story that they told, <laughs> I was not ready. I'm still not ready. Paris was like, hey, can I get that diagram? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, wow. So there's a diagram involved, guys. So uh, you're going to love it. But before uh, we launch in, because Riley is more than just your brother's partner, long-term partner. Lucky you, you have an extremely talented family. I do. partners and all. It's always like, you just kind of are hiding. You're like, yeah, yeah, Riley. Yeah, they're great. 
Oh, really? You mean Riley, who's a Cassandra Kasternak in Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons? Taylor in the film The Jessica Cabin, which is a queer ghost story about two lonely spirits that haunt an Airbnb in the desert. is streaming on demand wherever you get films. Also, the director and starring as Lance Bass in the NSYNC boy band musical Chris Kirkpatrickmas. You'll hear all about that in the interview, but that's just a right, right now, they're all in, in London um, yeah, doing tonight. a production at the Seven Dials Playhouse. So if you are in London, or Please. nearby from now until December 30th, Chris Kirkpatrickmas is running. It's getting rave reviews. It's yes. the, the Guardians, origin like story stars. of how this started too is Riley also tells, which is hilarious. Like I said, one of my favorite people. I do have a very talented family. Every Absolutely. my other sister-in-law is uh also in theater, fantastic singer. Just like yeah. everyone is, yeah. You're like like the Everyone's old 50s, great. 60s film where they'd be like, well, now that we've finished dinner, let's get around the piano and everyone do something. <laughs> and like all of y'all could do something. Like everyone, even the Except kids. Except it's like, just board games and we're yes. just like competitive <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> oh, well, well, you all are going to love Riley just as much as we do. Mm-hmm. And please be sure to check out Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons, the Jessica Cabin, and also Chris Kirkpatrick Miss. If you're in London, go for us and let us know because I'm very jealous. Even if you're not in London, like, fly to London. I wish I could so bad. <laughs> Honestly, Desperately. it did cross my mind to go there for Christmas. And then I thought, how would I take two children on a mm-hmm. transatlantic flight? <laughs> it can and be done. The, not it easily. Could be done. Not it easily. And I don't think I'm prepared for it yet. But if Gosh. you were there and you're close, please go see it because I uh, it's, it's just so funny. Yeah, and stick around for the story. Uh, definitely, there, there. We'll post the diagram on our social media because it's ridiculous. I, ah, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Well, enjoy because this is one of the most fun Freaky Fridays interviews we've had, and so we hope you enjoy it just as much as we did. Sinisterhood will be right back. Hello and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday Guest Stories. Today we are so thrilled to have the guest we have. It is Riley Rose Critchlow. You will recognize them from The Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons. And this December in Chris Kirkpatrickmas, a <laughs> musical in London. Riley, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited for you to be here too. Riley is also a member of my family. There so you go. I it's extra. It's extra. <laughs> Extra um, special for you to be here, and I had to giggle at Chris Kirkpatrick Miss because so it's good. the best name of any play that's ever been show that's ever been put up. So, so I good. mean, that's how it started. It just started as Valen and Alice and the show's creators at a at a party like drunkenly being like what if there was a christmas <laughs> musical called chris kirkpatrick myth and then like looking at each other across the room just knowingly like that that might be it mm-hmm. that might be the idea and cut to 10 years later and here we are uh, performing it off west end in december that's I'm amazing five star reviews from the guardian and you just came off uh, a run at edinburgh how was that how did everybody yeah. enjoy it it was incredible it's one of those things that you don't you know, you sort of do a, a safe version of a show. So we did Hollywood Fringe, and that went really well. And we were like, okay, maybe we can do an LA run of this show. And that went really well. And then it was like, maybe we could do an Edinburgh run. And that went better than anybody expected. Wow. I had done Edinburgh once before with a show that wasn't as good. And <laughs> I had a feeling that Chris would do well in Edinburgh, but I didn't 
I, you know, you always sort of manage your expectations so you're not horribly disappointed. Um, so I wasn't anticipating it getting quite as many incredible reviews as it did. So we were very, very lucky. How was the audience reaction just dying the whole time? Everybody enjoyed it. And we had a lot of people there that didn't know NSYNC, which is (laughs) sort of devastating. Um, (laughs) You're like, there's a lot of uh, Easter eggs in here. (laughs) It's incredibly historically accurate. Valen and Allison, everything that happens in the show, with the exception of one sort of supernatural element, um, everything else is like historically accurate down to like (laughs) verbatim words people said to each other at certain moments. It's like very, very well researched. Um, But we had, yeah, there's like a part of it that takes place on... Uh, Christmas Eve 2009 and someone came up to us afterwards with their daughter and they were like she was born on Christmas Eve 2009 (laughs) and I was like do you do you know who NSYNC is? Like, I, I do now. I was like, oh, good. So if nothing else, we're just educating the world about the, the joys that is NSYNC. You brought her into the fold, in the right. fandom. Is it um, the history of NSYNC? Like, what is the, where does it start and where does it end in their history? Yeah, so it's essentially like a Christmas carol meets It's a Wonderful Life meets NSYNC. So it's it's a journey yeah. that Chris <laughs> Kirkpatrick is going on retrospectively. It does take place in 2009. So we're not doing anything post-2009 except, you know, a couple imaginative moments about what might happen. Mm. But we're, we're flashing back to 1995, which is when NSYNC began, and then going through the journey up until Justin went on his solo career <sighs> and then NSYNC went on their indefinite hiatus. So mm-hmm. it's examining that period of, are they going to get back together? Are they ever? And now, I mean, currently in 2023, some of those questions have come up again. So it it's seems true. to be timelier than we realized, or we just take credit for NSYNC. <laughs> you summoned it. You yeah, conjured yeah, this. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it. Justin Timberlake owes you... Some uh, residuals from this Trolls 3? Yes, Trolls 3. Yep. Mm -hmm. Trolls 3, yes. Ella is very excited, as are we all, to to go see it. But yeah, it's a big deal for them to, to reunite now and come back together. Well, we, I feel like we're reuniting because we were, had a little experience on Real Housewives of D&D. This isn't the first time that the three of us have been on mic together recording a podcast. <laughs> it's true. This is actually technically our official announcement of our very first very special season two RHO D&D guest stars, uh, our Sinisterhood team. You guys oh, are so, much so fun. funny on this show. I hope... <laughs> I hope you're, li- I mean, I, I can't imagine that your listeners have ever heard you do what you do on Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> True, you're it's right. So Probably not. Yeah. Weird and amazing. Um, <laughs> Thank it was you. such a delight to have you on the show, and I cannot wait for your episodes to come out very, very soon. So if you're listening and you want to catch up on RHODD, uh, the time is now because Christy yes. and Heather are about to enter the picture and things are about to get <laughs> extremely weird and delightful. <laughs> Well, we're so to do fun. It. Yeah, we. I love to. Do, I mean, not just because we love you and we want to hang out. It is genuinely such a funny show. It is Super so well funny. well planned by the drama masters instead of dungeon masters, and it's uh, <laughs> the way that you all play and that you every guest you have, every cast member completely commits, and it is the results are hilarious. And it's. I mean, it's just like the Chris Kirkpatrick miss. I'm sure. How did y'all come up with Real Housewives of D and D of thinking of putting these things together because it has such a funny result. <laughs> 
So mm-hmm. it's the it's essentially the same team that is behind Chris Kirkpatrick Miss that is also Alan was drunk at a Christmas party again. <laughs> was like, what if there's what if Dungeons and Dragons and Real Housewives skin together? Honestly, not far from the truth. Like I got a text. <laughs> probably in the middle of the night in like July of 2021 from Valen, who I went to high school with and have been good friends with for a long time. But we had sort of fallen out of touch. I hadn't really talked to her in a couple years, probably. So this was still a very out of the blue text. And it just (laughs) said, Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons, question mark. (laughs) Which I was like, yes. I mean, 100%. No notes, no questions. I love it. it. Uh, What a um, friend that you can text someone years later and you're like, you just jump back in it. That's a true friend. She's like, Riley would love this. Like, since since then, I think I've probably seen or spoken to her every single day because now we're doing the podcast. We're also doing the musical. Um, So, yeah, I mean, working, as I'm sure you guys know, working with your close friends on something creative that you can dedicate a lot of your time to is the best thing it's the dream it's, it's the dream. dream literally the dream yeah, yeah. it's what uh it's what we all dreamed of i think we all did theater mm-hmm. you're a theater kid and yeah. uh, it's essentially like just getting to make art with your friends on your own terms which is even better that it's you're not just reading the words of what someone else has written it's like your own words and voice coming out which is the ultimate goal and that with Real Housewives of D and D, all you, all, the whole cast, which I every time I think I have a favorite Everyone's cast so member, great. it changes because <laughs> y- somebody else will say something because I'm like, okay, it's cast. Cast is my favorite, and I'm like, no, it's Kiki. Kiki is so chaotic, and so uh, funny. Anya. Um, I mean, the whole cast. But for our listeners who kind of don't really know the concept of it, can you give them kind of a quick oh, sure. what you need to know about Real Housewives? Because y'all, I'm telling you all listening, you need to go and catch up if not at least the season two catch up even season one i mean it's so funny it's like one of my walk pods like i just walk around laughing listening to it Mm -hmm. oh my god i'm so glad yeah i mean basically the premise is that there is the cast a a fictional cast of a reality show so the real housewives of anaheim which they haven't made (laughs) yet although andy cohen if you want to talk i've got some ideas um (laughs) the real housewives of anaheim are in the middle of their their reunion show shooting it on a soundstage when all of a sudden the ground opens up they fall through a portal and now they are dropped into a very classic D fantasy realm where they're yes. going to have to learn things like spells and combat and what to do with a scimitar how to pronounce the word scimitar we are all <laughs> also learning kind of how to play D along with our characters because a lot of us were very very new to D, so you'll see and hear us stumbling through um, but yeah, I mean, it's an improvised show that is probably, we get a lot of the D&D rules wrong. So if you're like a stickler for the D&D mechanics, <laughs> you can either listen to it and then email us all the things we did wrong. Um, <laughs> or just know that we don't care that much. We <laughs> can do. It's comedy. We're doing it for comedy. It's comedy. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. If you want a traditional D&D podcast, I'm sure there's a ton out there. But there's this plenty. <laughs> is special because the Real Housewives of Anaheim, which Anaheim is such a funny city to have <laughs> a Real Housewives cast out of. It really is. It's like, you didn't even get cast in Beverly Hills or Los or, Angeles. Or, or like there are two franchises that are like pretty nearby, right. but we didn't quite make it to either of those. Mm-hmm. But like, we would like to think we're fancy enough. It's very um, third tier, but that that makes the characters like so funny because uh, all of y'all have backstories and it'll you know be like, no, I you should listen to me. This is why I'm important, and it 
just reeks of the absolute real desperation on the housewives because <laughs> the housewives are always wanting to. So you guys take those characters and just play them like a fiddle. It's so good. <laughs> and this is something when when we first started, when, when Valen sent me that text, I was like, yes, I'm in. I've never played D&D and I've never watched Real Housewives. So <laughs> let's do some research. And then I did I did some research, which turned into me just becoming like hopelessly addicted to Real Housewives, mm-hmm. um, which nice. I'm sure we all probably could have seen coming. But I was like, no, no, it's it's for the show. Right. No, we've done we've covered a couple of Real Housewives because of the crimes that have yes. been they've committed. And anytime Tommy would walk in and be like, it's for the show. I'm working right now. OK, he's like, you've been watching Real Housewives for five hours straight. This is my job. Yeah. Thank you very much. Obviously. I have a notepad next to me. Like, yes. it's legit. Same. <laughs> no, Kyle notes. will come in and be like, are they still rehashing the same drama from like five years ago? And I was like, mm-hmm. they sure are. That's right. That's part of the joy. But once, I mean, I, you guys like cults. Um, I also like cults. Big fan. Yeah. Uh, I guess fan's a weird way to say it, but I'm fascinated. fascinated. So as a person who is fascinated by cults and has done a lot of research on cults, once I, there was an episode of a podcast called Is It a Cult? I believe. Mm-hmm. Fantastic podcast. And they did an episode on Real Housewives. And in my <laughs> research, I was like, well, I should probably <laughs> research this as well. Uh, and I expected it to be that they were presenting the Real Housewives franchises as a cult that then the listeners were being pulled into, you know, that you were, mm-hmm. you were, you were buying into this cult as a listener and like, watch out. But mm-hmm. instead, what they, what they did, which makes so much sense to me, is they were focusing on the cast members as the members of the cult and the mm. producers as like the overlords of the cult, Ooh, which wow. became so interesting for me to think about. Essentially, yeah. what I didn't realize about Real Housewives is when you become a cast member on the show, you are making a huge financial investment in a payoff that may or may not come. So in Mm -hmm. order to get your salary up to the level where it's making you money, you have to be on for several seasons. And in order to stay on for several seasons, you need to play the housewives game, which is- Be interesting. Be interesting. Drama. Be dramatic. But also Mm -hmm. you're wearing the latest fashion. They're all paying for all their fashions, all their glam. They're taking each other on these expensive, extravagant trips. And the more Mm -hmm. expensive and extravagant your trip is- the more likely maybe you are to continue to be on the show or you know it's a it's an equation that isn't that's up to the housewives to try and decipher and decide what's wow. going to make them a more interesting cast member so they don't get cut so the producers are constant and then it means they're more likely to start drama with each other yeah and you know even it's, if it's not real even if it's them starting a rumor or something because they're like i'm going to get the screen time i'm more and then i'm going to get the social media followers and then i'm going to get re- my contract's going to get renewed so once I started Ugh. looking at it through that lens, it became it's so much more horrifying, but also yes. so much more fascinating. <laughs> no, no, for sure. It's like that season Lisa Vanderpump was like, this is what our season's about when it was um the whole Munchausen by proxy, or it wasn't Munchausen, yeah. it was No, they were accusing Yeah, it was yeah. Yes. They were accusing um what's her name of ha- of having Munchausen because she was she kept she was like Hadid. legitimate yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Bella Hadid's Gigi and Bella's mom. Yes. Gigi and Bella's mom. Which is also wild because you see them on Real Housewives being like, mm-hmm. I might try modeling. And you're like, yeah, and you, you, see, you see her going, you should slice that um, almond, almond up and you should only eat a few slices of that almond. That's, That's too right. many almonds. She's and the I was ultimate like, 
almond mom. Oh, she sucks. The original <laughs> almond mom. She is. <laughs> I mean, I remember being like, mom. I'm, I had an eating disorder. I'm a little triggered by this. Like, <laughs> behavior of her doing that. I mean, but you, it was riveting television is the yes. sad thing. Riveting and- television. And that's where, like, I, I watched reality TV, but I usually like competition reality TV. But once I realized that Real Housewives is competition, that they're competing against each other to continue to be on the show, to get these contracts, to get wildly famous. And the payoff for somebody like a Bethany Frankel, who is maybe the most famous Real Housewife and went on to sell her company for hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever, a a, a crazy amount of money. Um, That like, yeah, if when you see what can happen to a very successful housewife, it becomes, you know, compared to something like Survivor, which has a $1 million cash prize, it's actually an even more significant win potentially, yeah. but you're also sacrificing things like your your personal life, all of your friends and family, your soul to the <laughs> yeah, devil. Your you're willing to do whatever, and it it is sad. I was blown away when I found out that they pay for everything themselves. They're whatever yeah. they're whatever the they're wearing, their glam squads mm-hmm. and everything. I think the private we doing- planes. The yes. Yeah. When we were covering Erica Girardi, because I was, we were like, like she was paying for a month. I always thought Bravo like paid for it. It's actually a very cheap show for Bravo to produce because they're putting up all the money. Yeah. Yeah, They've convinced these women that they should spend all their own money making the production value extremely high by mm-hmm. doing all of these you know luxury yachts and private planes and they go on and the house it, Jin Shaw's house was rented like yes, that's not even her house, house. Mm-hmm. and yeah. you're like how you're now renting a massive multi-million dollar house hoping that maybe you'll maybe get some sort of business opportunity which I think doesn't Andy Cohen and or Bravo get 10% of any yes. business that you just launch oh it's the Bethany Frankel rule. It's called right? the Bethany rule, exactly, because they yeah. didn't do that with Skinny Girl and were kicking, have been kicking themselves forever. Uh, so now, anytime a housewife like pitches a new brand or a new product and they're going to promote it on the show, Bravo gets a cut. So it is kind of this brilliant but very cult like setup. Mm-hmm. It's like a uh, manipulative. <laughs> yeah, it's dark. Yeah. And then <laughs> Jin Shaw is like, I'm going to spend millions on this Airbnb. And then she goes to prison. And then prison. all your dirty secrets come out on reality TV. Yeah. You can't hide all that stuff for long. If you're thinking about dipping your toe in the Real Housewives pond, I highly recommend starting with uh, Salt Lake City. It's only a couple yeah. seasons and you get a you get some real big dramatic shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those bathtub moments where they're like all in the tubs, like screaming at each other in outside. The middle of like, the desert or something. Yes. <laughs> I was losing it, man. And then, of course, when they're all in the van and it's like, the FBI is coming to get Jin Shaw. You know, Bravo is just like, oh, yes. Nom, 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 nom. A producer's oh. dream. So anyway, mm-hmm. we were like, there's so much source material to work with. So many like the most extreme characters, the most extreme dra- examples of drama and twists and turns and things that can happen. So putting that all in a classic D&D fantasy world um, excited us. We, we we saw some potential there. So that is just, that's what we're exploring on well, Real Housewives of Dungeons We were excited to be on season two. So we're, <laughs> oh, Christy's yeah. episode will air first. Is that right? Yes. Christy joins us first and then Heather joins us shortly thereafter. So yes. December 11th, I believe, is when Christy's epi- nice. first episode airs. So get ready. You all, you'll have 10 days to get all caught up on season one. Yeah. Binge it all. It's Yeah. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Easily. There's only, it. yeah. Ep- season one is 16 episodes. And I think think you'll have a couple at the beginning of season two to catch up on so it's it's doable but to oh, me yeah. i would get sad because i would run out of episodes and i was like oh well i'm all caught up so because it is so <laughs> bingeable because it's that that ongoing gameplay improv you're just listening to 
these characters <laughs> doing the most outrageous stuff. Anyway, just but it's so to it. impressive too. <laughs> and I've always thought that about D and D, the uh, dungeon master or drama master being able to keep track of everything that everyone has done in the story. And even y'all as characters remembering like things you said 12 episodes ago and like your character traits carrying through, it's a lot of information to remember and everyone executes it perfectly. Well, thank you. Cause in my experience, I'm like, I forget so much every episode. Valen <laughs> and Allison, the, our, our drama masters have <laughs> done a wonderful job of keeping copious notes. And also they help us a little bit more than your typical DM might. I think in a mm-hmm. lot of D and D games, it's up to the players to like really know their own character sheet and their own abilities. And if they forget something, then that's on them. We get some handholding on this show, which is very kind of them. Uh, well, great. that's I how you it. make a good show is everybody works together. <laughs> and you're yes. like, each other. Sorry, Riley, if you don't remember what Cassandra Sandra did last week, then that's on you. I mean, there's a little <laughs> bit of that. Allison specifically <laughs> likes to sometimes punish us for not keeping tabs on everything. But if we forget like a D&D mechanic, they'll be like, let me break this down for you for the 14th time. Here's how you roll yeah. for damage or whatever. That's what I loved it because you'll say, "Can we? Do- am I allowed to do that? And sometimes they'll go, well, uh, I mean, not really, but because <laughs> sure. of this, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's uh, they're benevolent drama masters. We love. Well, that. they also Luckily. know what makes a uh, comedic good show. So you got to let some, something slide for the sake of the show. Yeah, yeah. and that's D anD D in general. I think as, at its core, D anD D is just an improvised storytelling game where you're all telling mm-hmm. a story together, and you can be a real stickler about the rules, but that sometimes makes it less fun for the people involved. So it's a balance. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's a game. Balance. It is <laughs> a game. Yeah. It's like fun. Games Same like fun. It's with improv. I, we've been in troops where it's like you have uh, beat A, B, and C, and then we're going to have two A, two. And you're like, I just want to get up here and play. I yeah. don't, it's like too yeah. many rules. It's It becomes less fun when everyone's just like, no, we have to stick to this exact I'm actually, format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you got. Well, you have to have a little of, bit of rules and then uh, some leeway to play around yes. and be very silly. Um, which you'll get a That's lot of the love. silly side of it if you listen to the show, especially with Chris <laughs> and Heather. You guys are taking such a turn. <laughs> and I, I am so excited to re-listen because I remember a couple of things, but I know that a lot happened that I'm forgetting that I it was. Our characters are very fun. Well, They're and I've never fun. heard your episodes, so I'm, I have oh, to hear that. I remember that. When we get to Heather's introduction and the way in which, I won't spoil it, but the way in which you are reintroduced to Christy as she comes <laughs> back with this gang, um, this it's new gang time. of housewives, is one of the funniest moments to <laughs> me on the show. Oh, I can't wait. I was, I'm so I excited. Loved I love to play a character. That was yeah. so much fun. Anytime. Anytime you want us to come back, I'll yeah. do it. Oh, improvising, uh, improvising a story with other actors and improvisers and everyone's committed and also very good. There's nothing that it's that's to me that like the most exciting type of performing to do. Totally. 100%. It's very, it's very fun. Luckily, at this point in my life, I've somehow set myself up so I get to do that. And then also an in-sync drag musical and like, no, yeah, living your best life. My you past Riley musical. would be like, you're nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that I'm like if 12 year old me just had a few seconds to see what was going on to be like nice hey nice oh fuck hey, yeah for you all right yeah, I'm not gonna worry too much yeah <laughs> it's like, don't yeah. worry don't worry too much hopefully it's like just forget about very, everything very that's gonna happen in high school because yeah. you're just breeze whatever that. just <laughs> it will fuel your You'll joy it out anyway yeah. <laughs> it'll fuel your <laughs> it's fine yes. mm-hmm. <sighs> 
Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, uh, I'm eager to hear your Freaky Friday story because oh, yeah. I heard because you and Christy have uh, been acquainted with one another for what, 13 years? How long have y'all? How long have you and Kyle yeah, been together? Yeah, I guess together? Kyle and I have been together for 10 years. So. 10 years. Okay. Yeah, okay. And Kyle years. is my brother for most oh, people for know. Reference? But if I have, if you have never heard, he is <laughs> one of my brothers. Um, and yeah, so it's Riley and I have. I've had the pleasure of having Riley in my life for a decade now. A decade yeah. now. So you've you've gotten to hear some Riley stories. So oh, I'm yeah. here and I'm sure the audience <laughs> is excited too. What kind of freaky Friday story you got for us today? Yeah. So this actually this is not a story from my childhood, although I did grow up on a on a tiny island in Maine where all sorts of weird shit happened. Um this when I was when I was thinking about all my weird stories and which one to choose, um, <laughs> this one stuck stuck out to me because it's relatively well documented. Because I I had an interesting experience in Los Angeles, and then I contacted an expert about it, and I have our e- my emails with Hell the yeah. expert. You came with receipts. I came yes. with receipts, and so that was also easier. <laughs> I don't think I would remember as many details if I had just you know if if it was just a glimpse from this. I think it's from 2013, so yeah, 11 years ago, um, right before I started dating Kyle. So you know, back when my life was wow. even weirder. Um, <laughs> here's where we're going. March 3rd, 2013. I was driving to set, shooting video game high school along the five freeway in Los Angeles, going north, heading past Griffith Park. Um, we were shooting the third season of VGHS, I believe. This was at about 6.10 a.m. As I was passing Griffith Park near Glendale, I looked up and saw what I can only describe as three dragons flying over my car. God damn it, what? <laughs> I was not expecting. I'm sorry, did you say dinosaurs? You saw three dinosaurs? <laughs> well, I've never you heard this story, and I'm, <laughs> so I, I can't believe I've never heard this story, but I'm so glad because my reaction is genuine. I'm sh- shocked and uh, thrilled at the same time. It's happening. It's happening. We're getting proof. It's finally happening. happening. Here we are. Um, so, yeah. Saw three what did they look like? What when <laughs> you looked up, were you immediately like, "Yeah, that's a dragon"? Did you well, fire? so I was him? driving, and the the dragons were flying <laughs> <laughs> towards me. So I I just got as they flew over my car. I I also. So I grew up with a mother who is very into birds and would frequently when we were driving be like, hawk, and you have like two <laughs> seconds to see it. Right? Your eyes are on the sky when you're driving. So anyway. as soon as there's something flying over, I'm already like, so I don't want to miss the hawk when my mom's like, owl. And I'm like, there it is. You know, as a child, I'd be like, what? And then it's too late and you miss it. So you learn, mm-hmm. you learn to watch the sky. I also worked for several years as a reptile handler. So God, I am yes. relatively familiar with here's a sentence i'm relatively familiar with what the belly of a large lizard looks like (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing you're just you're telling this because you're qualified in bird information and lizard information and what is a dragon but But a bird bird. and that's what you've got so what i what it looked like to me was you know and i'm i'm also because i've looked up and seen seen birds in my life unlike most people um I'm pretty familiar with like the shape of a hawk versus the shape of a crow or the shape of an owl or something like that. So I was already in this split second, try you know, analyzing like, what is that? Is that a goose? Is that a, you know, <laughs> it, they're pretty large. There's three of them oh, flying the in like a V formation. 
and they flew over my car and they had, so they looked to be about several feet long with like a head to body to tail ratio that I couldn't ascribe to any bird I had ever seen. So like the head and then there was a neck, I could see visible neck and then the body, they had, they would wings that were long and angular and pointed, which you don't usually see in birds. So they weren't feathery. I mean, I couldn't tell if they were feathery because they were high up, but it was more about the angle of like the elbow. Do birds have elbows? Is that it? The joint, you (laughs) know, anatomically. Yeah, it looked like there was like an elbow, like angle. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so like they could, yeah, like it uh, wasn't just like hawks. They might be straight out, right? You know what I mean? And like like a Barbie doll. Seagulls have like a little bit of an angle, maybe, but it was yeah, it was sort of like an angular wing. It didn't look like an arm it looked like a wing but it, there was like it was yeah kind of like a pterodactyl you know what i mean it's got like a mm-hmm. little bit of an angle in it um and then their tails were long and had points like triangular points at the end of their tails like a dragon I mean, tail. it's a dragon so that's where i was like uh you know in the in the maybe three seconds of them passing over my car that's what i saw um they also looked kind of light in color like white gray light green again their bo- their bellies is what i would be seeing so to me that kind of if you've ever even just seen a video of like an alligator flip over mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. their bellies are it that like, like light that. yeah it looks like that light kind of greenish grayish coloring oh, um gator belly and i didn't have time you know i'm driving to set so i didn't like pull over or stop and i couldn't track where they were going cuz they went over the top of my car um but i did yell out loud to the person in the car with me, did you just see those dragons? <laughs> um, and he just said, what? And so I unfortunately- and go, You missed it. Yeah. You gotta keep your keep eyes, your on, eyes the on the sky all the time. You're going to miss it. Yeah. I unfortunately don't have a witness to corroborate the story because he wasn't paying attention. But maybe, maybe you do. Maybe March 3rd? Is that March what you said? Third, twenty thirteen, at March six ten a.m. If you witness these three dragons in Los Angeles flying through the sky, please let us know. Please. We need confirmation. Sinisterhoodpodcast at gmail.com. Send it now. <laughs> Don't delay. So, like at the time, the th- the third season of Game of Thrones was about to premiere in like a couple weeks. So immediately, my brain starts going like, "What the fuck." So I, you know, Game of Thrones had been doing a lot of promote promo stuff. I figured maybe it was like a cool publicity stunt with like big kites that or something that look mm-hmm. like dragons yeah, that are like, you know, set up on wires or something. Um, so when I got to set, I just kind of casually started asking <laughs> people if anybody else saw dragons on their way to set this morning. Nobody did. Well, so, <laughs> you know, haters. I know, lame. Um, But then I was like checking Twitter because I figured it was like, oh, if it's a publicity thing, whatever, a promo thing, somebody's going to be posting pictures. There's going to be some news headline, something. Couldn't find anything. Uh, I feel like people in Los Angeles, you have to get used to that because sometimes movie TV studios go hard on promotions. And like the when they had the smile campaign and there's just people looking absolutely deranged. <laughs> yeah. that it, I'm sorry, in the movie, they run at you and kill you. And now they're standing next to me at a baseball game. Yeah. Some guy like, can't hit off, you know, he can't hit off a home run having that stand up behind him. It's just the people of Los Angeles are always subjected to a barrage of bizarre promotions. So it makes sense that Which you're is, like, yeah, exactly. That. I mean, Immediately where my brain went, it was my, I guess I didn't go to a place of like, I probably didn't see dragons. I was just like, oh, well, those were dragons. Why yeah. would there be dragons? Who's? The movie. Who's, who's yeah. are they is who's the next dragons? question. Why? Who left their dragons here? 
Who um, let the dragons out? It's this classic mm-hmm. question. Rar, so, rar, so yeah. rar, rar, rar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of how fire would sound. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there it is. Tommy, put in some fire sounds here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And dragon sounds. Paris, put if you could put flames out of Christy's mouth, if you could, Paris, oh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be um, sweet. So yeah, obviously, I got I got not, nowhere on set. So when I got home later that night, after some more extensive googling, I got in touch with a dragon expert that I found on the internet. <laughs> um, yes. the Thank first- you for not dropping this. <laughs> no. Yeah. Other people no. I just gone- all day. This was on your mind, and I'm. Oh, I'm yeah. You're like uh, now. I gotta. Eat. I'm They're home. Like, Riley, can we do another space. take of that? And you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck were those dragons? <clears throat> what was my line? <laughs> that down my like, sketches that I'm like, like feverishly preoccupied a little bit. Uh, How'd you find a dragon expert? Google.com. Nice. Oh, Google.com. Yeah, yeah. We use that. And Classic. it looks like the first email I sent to him was at about 3 a.m. So, so obviously, I'm you doing are this. not the first person that's contacted this person at 3 a.m. And you had seen the dragons at 6 a.m. the yeah. prior day, so this is no, a 6 solid. Of, six, oh yeah, well, it's pr- like the prior the, day. Yeah. But like, so it's you were like, almost coming up on 24 hours. Yeah. Almost, right? Oh my! Um, but I got in touch with a man named Jonathan Whitcomb, who runs the mm-hmm. site LiveTerrasaurs.com. The site is still okay. Up. He's still doing what? the work. Um, I messaged him through his website. I described my sighting. And he wrote back almost immediately. 3 a.m. I think I emailed him at like 3.13. He wrote back at like 3.41 or something like that. He like got right back to me. That's uh, probably when he does his most the of majority his of his dragon work. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't know if maybe he was asleep and he not like through any kind of a notica- notification on iPhone, but just sort of subconsciously, mm-hmm. he's like, "Someone's seen a dragon." Intuitively, <laughs> just popped out he's of like, bed. They need help. <laughs> uh, so he, yeah, he wrote back because he had some follow up questions. He wanted to know if the dragons were flying towards Griffith Park or away from Griffith Park. They were flying towards. They wanted, he wanted to know about how high they were above the freeway. I said not too high, although I'm not gr- a great judge of distance, but mm-hmm. not too high. They weren't like way up in the sky like a plane. Um, mm-hmm. And then he also wanted to know whether my, ca- my car passed directly below them, which it did, and if I saw any neck on any of them, which I did. Mm-hmm. So I wrote – I sent that back to him. He got my answers and he replied, I'm grateful for your help. I believe you may have seen three American ropins, an unclassified flying creature that appears to be a living pterosaur, sometimes called pterodactyl. But it would be very helpful if we could communicate more. He then asked me for more clarifying details, such as, did you see any feet on any of them? I had not. Could you make any kind of determination about feathers or the lack of feathers? I could not. And was there any glow or any kind of light coming from any of the three flying creatures? There wasn't. But it was daytime. So I don't know. Maybe if I had True. seen the night, they would have been glowing. Who knows? So he then reconfirmed that his best guess as to what I saw was, again, you know, likely ropins. And he told me that there had been other sightings in Southern California. So to determine the exact classification, he sent me a group of sketches of silhouettes <laughs> so that I could identify which one looked the most <gasps> like the dragons that I saw. 
It's a lineup. You have to pick him out of a lineup. Now, did he draw these sketches? Are these his renderings? I is there a way I can send you these sketches? You can text it to us if you want. We we can. Okay, these are the sketches. Oh, okay. (laughs) It goes one through thirty-four different (laughs) possibilities. This is a Who lot. Who knew there were so many? Yeah, they range from say, like uh, what I would call, you know, obvious birds to obvious dragons with like some maybe alien airships and then like the Batman mm-hmm. symbol is in there for good measure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I see a bat. Number one looks like bat to me. And then there's, yeah, they kind of, look, some look like hawks. And yeah, we're, by the time you get to 34, we're into some pterosaur territory. Pterosaur territory. Uh, may, uh, <laughs> How long did it take between each of your correspondence? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he wrote back to me the first time at 3.44 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. And then I followed up. I think I was maybe asleep by then. One would hope. The next day, 2.50 p.m. He wrote back at 4.51 p.m. I wrote back at 5.22 p.m. He wrote back at 6.08 <laughs> p.m. I wrote back at 6.11 p.m. He wrote back at 6.21 p.m. I wrote back at 7.43. He wrote back at 7.56. 9.42. a.m. is when he sent me the silhouettes. God damn. And then oh, we get into the following it. day. These people are, he's doing the Lord's work. This is great. Truly. So which, which one did you say it looked most like? Cause we'll share this uh, oh, with your permission. It'll be on screen. Yes. This on our socials so we can. Just in case anybody else has a pterosaur sighting. Yeah. Also. Um, yeah. Any kind of sighting. Yeah. yeah they might've seen something. It's useful. So I told him that the, the silhouette that best matched my sighting was number 13 on the list. Number 13. And he told me that I had chosen the Sordis pilosis, which is a rhomphorhynchoid or long-tailed basal pterosaur. For those of you with science backgrounds, now you have that information. Um, Wow. So a dinosaur is what he's saying. Yeah, I guess. Or yeah, a pterosaur, which is, I think, maybe between a dinosaur and a dragon, or maybe they're the same-ish. There's a lot of crossover. Who's to say? Is it? Yeah, we talked about them in the Houston Batman episode, because that's spotted in Houston, and that's a similar thing. And there is a Texas version of this fellow that you're describing, it sounds like. (laughs) They probably know each other. Anybody has the cowboy hat on top. That's the (laughs) only (laughs) Didn't we recently talk about pterosaurs? Because- wasn't it? I think there was another Freaky Friday or something where someone thought they'd seen a pterodactyl in Oklahoma, and I discovered that there are a lot of pterosaur sightings in Oklahoma. So, is it kind of an evolved pterodactyl? I think. I mean, everything Jonathan said about it was that it's like classified as its own species, but that it seems to be pterodactyl adjacent in some okay. way. So perhaps it was like the evolution of these creatures that we thought were extinct still remains, but their ancestors being close to pterodactyls or pterodactyl adjacent in some way. Um, I think he has a book and his website is still up, so we could probably dive even yeah, deeper we'll into reach this. Out. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll be reaching out. <laughs> I That's incredible because you're right by, I mean, Los Angeles is not that far from the water and in South Texas, kind of near the Gulf of Mexico, there's sightings of these pterosaurs. So I wonder if there's some sort of Coastal connection as well. I don't know. Maybe coast yeah. to coast, coast to coast pterosaurs. Did he think that they were flying towards Griffith Park because that's where they might have nest and live? 
Potentially. He did. He told me. So after he sent me the silhouettes, he said that he really needed to talk to me on the phone, which obviously I was like, <laughs> yes, sir. I will be talking to you on the phone. Absolutely. We do. Um, it's 5 a.m. and y'all are on a phone call. Let's yeah, do it. I'm here for it. I feel like there was at this point in my life, I remember at least attempting to record this phone call, but that recording has since you know been lost to the hard drives of time. Uh, but from what I remember talking to him about, he was basically telling me more about my sighting, about his work, about the history of the sightings in the area. He asked if he could include my sighting in his research. Um, and then after our call, he followed up with another email saying, I'll refer to your sighting with the designation Griffith Park Rope In because of the proximity to Griffith Park and because of your choice of number thir- the number 13 silhouette. Um, he said, the second 2004 Rope In expedition involved... <laughs> <laughs> what now? Involved those same silhouettes, and the two native eyewitnesses who had adequate sighting clarity both chose number 13 on the silhouette. Okay. Three people ain't wrong. He also said, I will maintain your anonymity by calling you CGP for California Griffith Park. Maybe at the time I was like, don't put my name in it, but at this point, <laughs> fucking do it, man. <laughs> Jonathan, if you're listening, feel free. Um, yeah. He said, the only way any, this bless his heart. This is one of my favorite things about Jonathan. He was like, the only way anyone would learn that if you that you had reported flying dragons is if your friends spread that news. I, it will not <laughs> come from my writings. If Thank any of you. your friends give you trouble about your sighting of dragons, let them know that there's a name for those animals. Ropin. In <laughs> Please feel free to ask me questions about this subject at any time, Jonathan. <laughs> Anytime. Literally. That. I don't sleep. 24 hours a day, you can get in touch with me. It's like the yeah. Ghostbusters. You just call. He's right there. He's right but there for you. That's really kind that he says that because we talk about like with the uh, the aerial school and the UFO sightings. Mm-hmm. A lot of people see stuff and they feel a lot of shame or they feel ostracized by their friends. So a person who is accepting these reports, it's lovely that he is also encouraging like, hey, don't let anybody make you feel like shit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Thanks, a lot of Jonathan. This happens to a lot of people. Everyone's just quiet about it. And now, you know what? We're not quiet about it anymore. Yeah. You're talking about dragon, it damn it. <laughs> You're not the dragon only one. truthers. We've been dragon truthers for years. I'm yeah. convinced that dragons were just dinosaurs and we just haven't found the uh, one of maybe we haven't found one of their skeletons. One of their oh. I don't know. Like we or, made a compelling case. Yeah. Big yeah. Ar- big um archaeology is keeping it from us. Big archaeology. But- they are up to a lot of nefarious <laughs> shit. Wow. So did you do you feel like that was a satisfying answer? Like you you're these were ropens or do you still think you I mean, saw dragons? I feel like I went into this entire experience being like, there's probably some other explanation for what I just saw. <laughs> um, so far, I haven't gotten any, uh, you know, no one else seems to be able to explain what it was. So as far as I'm concerned, Jonathan's got the best pitch. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen any dragons or pterosaurs or ropin <gasps> since then, but Jonathan is still at it. He's still updating his website with more sightings from around the country. He actually reached out to me one last time about 10 weeks later saying that somebody else had had a similar sighting in the area and asked if I like wanted to talk to her about it. Um, which That's I think so nice. I emailed with her really about nice. it a little bit and then I think I ghosted her. He's <laughs> trying to connect the community yeah. so yeah. people know that, you know, that because um, it probably is something that you're like, you could be embarrassed to to talk about with yeah. people. But I just Googled these and straight up they look like dragons. If How I saw three of it? these flying R-O-P-E-N. Okay. 
If I saw three of these flying overhead, yes, I would also exclaim, did you just see those dragons? Because <laughs> they absolutely look like dragons. The artistic rendering. Gorgeous. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That thing. Yeah. And well, I, I think I didn't end up talking to the other person who had a sighting because it sounded to me like she was more viscerally affected uh, I, I think she said something along the lines of like since we've both had our lives changed forever or something like mm. that and I don't like I don't want to take that away from her but I don't know if I could have held a conversation <laughs> yeah. without being like yeah but like <laughs> maybe not I don't know <laughs> it's a fun cocktail party story yeah, you mean, don't just be like what does this mean for the future right. of humanity there's like, goddamn <laughs> ropings out there I loved talking to Jonathan about it but I haven't like followed up you yeah. know yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah you're not going into it. meetings still, or anything right I'm also not like being life. like Jonathan's a hack like I'm like do it man like fo- follow yeah. your heart do your research live live pterosaurs.com pterosaurs is spelled with a p um, yes for those of yes. you who if it's been a minute since your last dinosaur class that is, an important is he? <laughs> they just, should call it that dinosaur class. <laughs> is he just passionate, or is what is his? It sounds job. like a cryptozoologist. To me. <laughs> so he is, is a cryptozoologist. Is that what what he is? Yeah, I don't know if I got because I full... it, this does say when I googled Ropen, the first thing is the Ropen meaning demon flyer oh shit. is a cryptid thought to be either a big bat or more commonly a pterosaur on new guinea island well you weren't on new guinea island you, Wait, you said Los his Angeles. name is jonathan david wickham J- yeah so live oh yeah he's got a book on amazon called uh live pterosaurs in america so yeah. this must be the book you're in he's get this. <laughs> great um <laughs> I, I believe i'm referred to as cpg or something along those lines uh, well, you'll have to autograph it for us. Yeah, would you sign it for Gladly. me? Gladly. See you on purpose. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, if you've seen any pterosaurs in California or elsewhere, you could definitely contact him. It says that he is a cryptozoologist. Yeah. That is I was just a guess on my part. <laughs> it's in his. Oftentimes they are, bio. you know, in the talking heads on your History Channel Monster Quest shows. So, you know, it, it's some of them say Monster Hunter and others say a, zoolo- a cryptozoologist. Yeah. However you want to identify. If you're a cryptozoologist, you're into conservation versus a monster hunter's trying to put the trophy on the wall is how yeah. I see it. Mm. No, that's an important distinction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Wow. That's You've blown made my whole weekend. I'm not going to lie. So my, and I, it hasn't even happened yet. And I can already say this is the best thing that will happen this done weekend. And done. I was, look- I was already looking forward to this. I did not know I would just be wrecked for any other interview ever. Like this is – I couldn't have wished for a better thing. Thank you so much. Oh, Never did I so think welcome. what I could only describe as three dragons flying <laughs> over my car. And like, in the, the fact that this is how it ended, because I was fully prepared for you to be like, it was a Game of Thrones thing. They were promoting whatever. I, I was looking for no, it. I was really trying to find the, the reason that it wasn't just dragons, but I don't have a good reason for it not being dragons thus far. So as far as I'm convinced, it was dragons. They you were dragons. Yeah. Saw a pterosaur. If you can't disprove it, it's proven. <laughs> yeah. That's the world we live in now. You know what? I saw what I saw. You can't take it away from me. That's what. Uh, you can't, can't prove that I didn't see dragons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know how and you would, three. but you can't. No, nope. that seems like three. a family. I yeah, like that they were flying in a V formation too together. Yes, they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like one. Well, I had to go uh, go to their giant nest in Griffith Park. And doesn't Griffith Observatory have? Like big ass gargoyles or something? It's like up on a hill kind of thing. Do they or am I thinking I of another gargoyles. thing? And they might, they might. I I might be wrong, but I was thinking maybe they were drawn to 
the gargoyles. <laughs> they're so they're like, oh, one of us is over family. there. We gotta go. Oh, gotta they go like gargoyles. They're probably pretty cool dragons. <laughs> yeah, they look like my cousin. <laughs> that's cool. That's gargoyles are cool. Yeah, <laughs> gargoyles and dragons are cousins. I think that's just established. I think we that's just right. Know. That yeah, feels, yeah, yeah. That feels right. <laughs> That feels oh. right. Yeah. Oh, so right. Anyway, well, thank you so much for being story. with us today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. So good. Well, where can everyone find all of the amazing things that you're doing? Yeah, you can find Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons wherever you get your podcasts. We are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash housewives of D&D and across all social media at housewives of D&D. Uh, Chris Kirkpatrick Miss will be going up at Seven Dials Playhouse in London. We open for previews on December 1st and we open officially on December 4th. We will be running through December 30th. Um, you can get tickets at sevendialsplayhouse.co.uk. And UK. yeah, if you, if you wanted to follow me, you can find me on Instagram at Riley Ace of Spies and on Twitter, which is now called X, although I cannot. So Twitter yeah. uh, at Riley Rose Critch. Riley yeah. Rose. <laughs> Riley Rose Critchlow, thank you for being with us today. Everybody okay. go. Mm-hmm. If you're in London, go and see the Chris Kirkpatrick miss for us because we can't we can't be there. We would be if we could. And absolutely listen to Real Housewives of D&D. Get caught up so you can catch Christy's episode on the 11th and mine dropping a little bit after Christmas. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you so oh, much for having me. This was so me. much fun. What a blast. And if anyone else has seen these dragons, please, yeah. please reach out because we'll start a We'll start yeah. a Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, go to our Instagram. We're going to put this up so that you can, you all can choose which one you saw because yeah. we need to know. We need yeah, to know who's seen what out there. It's good to have on hand in case you see anything and you're like, is that Batman or is it a dragon? Yeah. You sent it? I saved it right away to my phone. 34 choices. <laughs> 34. Like There's a Baskin Robbins, but they were 31, weren't they? Yeah, just better. A little bit better. Just a little Baskin bit better Robbins, than Baskin a little Robbins. bit higher. <laughs> Suck it, Baskin Robbins. <laughs> well, thank you, Riley. We love you so much. And yeah, everybody go too. follow them and listen to everything that they're a part of because it's all fantastic. Yeah. You're doing yourself a favor, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much to Riley for spending so much fun, funny time with us. Thank you to everybody else for sending in your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot. You've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being. Send them in at sinisterhood.com slash freaky Friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next. We also post stuff for uh, free patrons too. There's a live show up right now that's available to everyone. You can also dive into over 500 hours of bonus content. We've got some fun Am I the Assholes up that got a lot of comments that had me thinking. And then we have a very fun off my chest that we're about to post too. Yes, it is. Uh, you all have sent in your your petty confessions to get them off your chest. So uh, tune in this week on Patreon as the bonus content to hear those. And if you have uh, a petty confession that, you you know, you've been holding something, send it in to uh, sinisterhood.com slash contact. There's a button there for our Patreon content. And we would love to absolve you, our children. <laughs> You can also head to SinisterHood.com and click shop on the top banner to do all of your holiday shopping in one place. You can get shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, clothes for your kiddos, sweatshirts. You get water bottles. Anything you want to get that Sinisterhood fan in your life all decked out. You can deck their halls by visiting SinisterHood.com and clicking on shop on the top banner. 
That's one. That was wonderful. We hadn't even written that out. That no, just I just improvised it. Yeah. I love it. While you're on our website, you can also review the show, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description. You'll also find fun things like topic-based playlists and links to live show tickets. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Sinisterhood Pod. You like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Check out the full video version and our uh, reactions to <laughs> Riley's story over on our YouTube channel at Sinisterhood Podcast, as well as over on TikTok. And you can book your personalized video shoutouts on Cameo. It's the perfect gift this season for the person in your life who has everything and has no room for anything else. A Cameo is a digital video message from us where we're saying anything you prompt us to say in the little box. Uh, we love to customize them. If there's a funny story you want us to tell your friends, we've done some really cool different ones for different occasions recently. So for a holiday message, for a congratulations, uh, it's your big day. It's, you know, you're graduating. Congratulations. Anything like that. We'd love to deliver those messages. Just head to cameo.com and search Sinisterhood and tell us what you want us to say. Also, you may luck out and get a guest appearance. We we filmed yeah. several the other night, and Pedal was on one. So yeah. Pedal was in several cameos. If you know, you know. You, yes. uh, <laughs> she got up close and personal she with did. that phone. She did. She was <laughs> like, right. I put it in her face, and she started coming towards it. I was like, okay, she wants to be on it. So you might get a Pedal. If you want Pedal, let us know, and we'll try to make it happen if we can. We so well, I'll cameo. check her schedule. Oh yeah, yeah. We do have to. We have to go through her handler. So if Tommy <laughs> says she's available. We will. But uh, where are you? Speaking of handlers, what's your handles on social oh, media? Oh, you're on fire. <laughs> I am on Instagram at Christy M Wallace and TikTok at Christy or GTFO Heather. I'm pretty much everywhere at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Sinister.